My name is Chandelin. I am a mother, an artist, a recovering addict, and this podcast is part of my endless pursuit of breakthroughs. Hello. Hi. Hello, beautiful people. We're back again. For another round of breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. So today, we are talking about a cover song that you're doing. Yes. And there's some, uh, maybe some breakthroughs that, that happened mm-hmm. during the creation of this uh, cover song? Yes. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's uncomfortable to do somebody else's song and then try to like make it your own. Um, it, it's, I, I had a different perspective of cover songs before I actually did one. Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll say that. You what know. was your perception? Not I, I thought it was just easy. Like, oh, you just do it. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, but when you're trying to take your music seriously, well, then you have to make it into your own voice um, while using somebody else's song. So it was a weird like dynamic to try to like, mesh together so it wasn't as simple as it had originally seemed yeah well i think a lot of times um with a cover song um you know like if you do it too close to the original it becomes like a karaoke thing and it's not cool you know so you have to find like a way to put your stamp on it to make it sound like one of your songs um and doing a cover song um was something that we had talked about like a while ago, but we were tossing around different song ideas, and then we had heard this one, and and it kind of seemed to fit, and so we decided it would be a good thing to do. Um, and, and my first question that I was going to have, well, what was the challenges of making it your own? But I think we just talked about that. I don't know. Well, yeah, and then also once we broke the song down, I realized like the rap is a lot slower than I would have wanted it to be. So I didn't want that to be a reflection on my ability to rap now. You know what I mean? So yeah. if if the way that uh, that they wrote it, you yeah. know, it was produced a little bit differently. So I had to try to make it sound. Yeah, that good. was it. Was interesting because, like, yeah, it was like uh, the rap was slightly a little more like I don't want to say it. I don't want to say anything like it was bad or anything. It's just, it was different than what you would do. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was hard to, to, um, to do it your way and then still make it feel comfortable. But I remember when we were recording it, um, like the first couple takes that you did or the first takes, um, I had like stepped out. Um, my assistant Nick was like helping and he did a, a few takes of it. And then, um, when I came back down, you had like, you kind of like turned a pay or like you uh, hit another gear with it. Mm-hmm. You, like what happened? Because you, you said that you connected to the lyric. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this this song, I grew up listening to Linkin Park, um, and and my brother, my older brother, had introduced me to them. So it was uh, it, they they were always something special for people. I think it, even in my my age range, we grew up with Linkin Park. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, in spite of the way you were mocking me, acting like I was part of your property. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that part, I I connected with that because uh, you know, going through all the public criticism I I did and having people not 
really know who I was and yet speculating and then people in my personal life, you know, trying to have that realm of control over me, but with no real understanding of who I actually was. Yeah. And it was in that moment I was like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. I feel this. Yeah. And then it changed everything. You know, mm-hmm. it was no longer just I grew up listening to Link Park. It was like, no, I, I get this now. This makes sense for me. Was there any sort of connection to the fact that too, like um uh Chester Bennington, like he um committed suicide and like had you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know personally much about it other than that I, I know that he had he was struggling with things and, and yeah uh, went through that. And I thought that that was an interesting, like that kind of like fit in with some other things too. Well, yeah. I mean, to myself personally, and then a lot of his lyrics were always a lot darker and listening to them in my adulthood, I had a deeper understanding of who he was and found that we were similar in many ways. Um, I'm just hoping that I make it out the other end alive through all of this, you know, and it's it's sad that he didn't, but I understand where he was coming from. What was the other song? Um, it was almost, uh, I can't remember how he, he wrote it, but basically when, if, if I'm gone was mm. the, the message. And I think a lot of the things he wrote alluded to the final act, you mm-hmm. know, um, so it's interesting to see in people's music. Like I know mine a lot of times, so I will put what's really happening out there. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people separate themselves from it. They're like, oh, well, it's just a song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the popular songs like are actually relating to somebody's personal life. But we kind of like put a distance there. Like, oh, they just wrote it because they thought this would work or, you know, they thought people would listen. I think a lot of artists put exactly what they're going through there. Um, and people don't always receive it or hear it. And I learned that being a little bit more public um, when I was telling people exactly what I was going through. They thought it was like a past thing or just a passing story. Right. It's like, no, I'm in this right now. So, yeah. 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 The, I think one of the cool things, too, about In the End is that um, it, it the chorus is kind of like open to like interpretation. There, you mm-hmm. can, um, like you were saying, um, you know, what were the lyrics again? It was like something about part of your property and or the part yeah. where you were mocking me. Yeah. Um, but in the end, it doesn't matter. You know, like that, exactly. Like, like there's that part of it. Um, I guess I had always looked at it as more of a, a negative thing, but it's not re- necessarily that. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, specifically, like when I first connected to it, I was I was thinking of a past relationship and all this work I had put into it. And then the chorus being in the end, it doesn't even matter because here we are. So after all these things that I like, I tried so hard and got so far, but in the end it didn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just directly thinking of that, like the irony of the things we put into life with no, nothing to, to Mm -hmm. reap. Yeah. So it was an interesting thought. I had never thought about that, that past situation that way but yeah i think the tough thing and i guess that's what we're talking about is like the trying to connect to the song that you didn't write and uh so i'm glad that we were able to do that it seemed like it fit and it felt very natural and i hope that when people listen to it they can get that it's you know even though it's not your song that it's like it's still a piece of you it's still a piece of art that you know you get behind and, and feel good about and hopefully they do too yeah did you have to grapple with anything as far as what people's reactions to it. Cause I know that we had some discussion about oh, like, yeah. 
Oh man, we're doing a cover song, Dude. and so the expectation is going to be, you know, one thing or another. I'm so terrified that people won't like it, and then that's yeah. also kind of out of our control because we didn't write it, right? So it's like, well, if you don't like it, this is the best way I could possibly perform somebody else's song. But I know I'm going to be subject to criticism, like, oh, you made Lincoln Park into pop, or this doesn't sound like the original. Mm. And the point is to sound like yourself on somebody else's song, right? right. So like there, there, uh, there's creative reins you can take, but there are parameters. And you. so that's what I'm a schmidge concerned about. Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. how much backlash will there be? Because a lot of times when people grow up really loving a song, like this specific one, people really, really? love this song, yeah. are they going to make any room for... Your your version of it, right? Uh, or are they going to instantly reject it because it doesn't sound exactly the same, right? And so yeah. it's like, I guess cover songs you put yourself in that vulnerable area to be criticized over something you didn't write. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's tough because it's like the balancing act of like, well, let's make this fresh, but you know, and put your stamp on it, like we said earlier, but. Um, but making it still familiar enough that it has all the elements. Like mm-hmm. um, I'm, there was a little discussion about the piano part, like at the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. Um, the dun, 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 yeah, dun. I hummed it instead. And, yeah, yeah, and then I had, I think originally when we were mocking it up, we had put or like doing the demo of it, like the first version of it. We like had just put the piano in it, and it was kind of like that's so obvious to put in there. Maybe we should leave it out and then do the humming instead. Um, and I think like it kind of gets the point across. It's still the idea, but well, the piano still part still very obviously like that song. It's that idea. Like it's yeah. that idea, and it's and that's hard to like make that like so very obviously that song because like you hear that opening piano the part, piano and part you're just like, and yeah, like you just know like that's that what song it is. And so, but I think you've done a really good job with like the humming because you still hear it and you go, oh. Like yeah, that, I know what song that is. Like it's very, well, it's obvious what song. The that way is. I thought about it, right, is if you're singing somebody else's song you really like, like you can't make a piano noise. All you can do is hum along <laughs> to it, right? <laughs> right so right. like, um, I'm just making the obvious of what I do when I listen to it is, yeah, you know, yeah. and I think it sounds more haunting. So yeah. I, I yeah. liked that part of it. I like haunting yeah. sounds. No, but. I like it a lot. There was also talk too. It was like, well, there's a, some vocal production on theirs that I felt like I wanted to leave off because I was like, well. Because we're more raw. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to mm-hmm. be like, this is Shanda. You know, this is your song. Or not your song. But I mean, it's your version of it. And and I didn't want to be like a cookie cutter. Like, let's take their vocal production and put it in it. Um, so... Yeah, I don't want to do anything I don't emotionally connect to. And if that can't come out in every single one of my songs, right, like mm. emotions, then it's not worth doing. And that's probably why you heard the intensity is I got a lot of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so, But then we also kind of made it like, okay, there's the rap. It's really intense. And like, you, you know, oh, there are feelings behind this. But then the chorus is like, way happier yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, it's something yeah. like you, you're not going to be in a dark depressed place after listening to it yeah. which is important because I wouldn't have made something remotely like that last year Yeah, I would have yeah. been like let's do the darkest version of this we possibly can that's yeah, interesting yeah. you know it's interesting that you say that because we almost did that we yeah. almost made a really really slow one we almost made like the half tempo 
um, the half tempo version, and then we we played around with both ideas, and then I think ultimately we were like, you know, this one um, is something that maybe people could just put on and listen to instead of being like listening to it and feeling depressed. I yeah. felt like in that way, then in the end, it did feel negative. It did feel dark and like a negative thing instead of like this is like proclaiming like yeah, in the end, it didn't matter, and this is a good thing. Yeah. You know, that was really kind of an interesting thing too. I forgot that we had that we had even tried to do the half tempo version. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you'll feel it when you listen to it. You know, you'll you'll notice there's yeah, okay, there's intensity, there's conviction in what's being said, but then you're not gonna walk away feeling awful. Um, not saying that Lincoln Park does, but it takes me having a very certain day to listen to mm-hmm. a band like Lincoln Park or um mm-hmm. You know, maybe even Tool now. I love Tool, and they're one of my favorite bands. But if there's kind of like a a more sad feeling yeah. anymore with music, I avoid it because mm-hmm. I learned last year going through my depression, like, nah, like I gotta avoid this sad music because mm-hmm. it's translating. I think both spiritually and and physically, um, it's it's changing your perception, your reality. It's changing you on the inside. So, and I now guard what I personally listen to. Um, and I'm picky and choosy about that now because I remember being influenced so much by certain music. Right. Um, so it was cool to take something that may have a year ago influenced me and probably not the greatest emotional way and like switch mm-hmm. that. Um, and this is no shade to Linkin Park. Like there is... I, I've written many a songs that yeah, were yeah. <laughs> just very depressing because I was going through it. So I get it. He was going through it, and maybe the band was as well. Um, I wish he would have been able to find the the lighter side of everything that I've been able to find. It's and, and yeah, mm. and to be clear, I think this was meant to be a little bit of a tribute, also like mm. a little bit of a tribute to this song. And it, I mean, at this part, at this point, like. Uh, this song and Linkin Park are kind of legendary. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if legendary is the right word, but there's yeah. there's you know a huge audience that kind of like you said grew up with it, and we went we didn't want to yeah like you said I don't want to throw any shade their way like this isn't that sort of a thing. It's mm-hmm. like you know trying to do it justice also because it's to try to honor what it is mm-hmm. also in a way you know yeah. Um, so there was also that element of it. Was there something, um, was there a breakthrough in just, I always say like um, how important it is to try something new. We have not yeah, done, was, we have not done a cover song. So it's like just an easy new thing to do. I've, well, maybe not easy, but it was a new thing to do. I think my breakthrough has been not even just this song, but things as a whole. I've been coming to the studio almost every week now. And I'm trying so many different things that were outside of my own thinking or comfort zone Mm -hmm. or what I would initially do with anything. And I think I talked about it in a previous podcast, like this has broken down barriers within me um, to where I make sure instead of having um, a certainty about music, I am open to the creative process of it and uh, trying all these new things in a cover song and all the new techniques and, oh, let's sing it this way instead of this way has been, um, I think it's just expanding me more and more as a person. I see new possibilities now where I didn't so much before, and every time I come here, I'm seeing more and more possibilities. And then also, I never knew I was capable 
of doing what I've been able to do, not only in here, but on my own when I'm freestyling and singing. I didn't know my voice could do the things mm-hmm. that I'm now ca- it's now capable of doing. And I used to have like this idea that, well, my voice is always going to be what it is. Um, I can't change that. I learned like the more I'm doing it, the better my voice has become. And then I'm hearing music differently. And it's it's just crazy to watch that expand within within yourself. Like you can you can see other people grow easily um, unquestioned. But when it comes to yourself, like I now have undeniable proof that something is is changing and you can see it if you've followed this journey any period of time. And I don't think I've seen anything yet or close to what it's going to be, you know, give me like Mm -hmm. about a couple of years. I'll be looking back on all of this, like, Oh, and I thought I was far then, (laughs) you know? like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So it's been crazy. There's a, um, there's a book that I referenced to you and we could drop the link. Maybe Carrie could put the link in the description or something. It's the magic of thinking big. I've been listening to it. And, um, and yeah, I mentioned it to you and you downloaded it. And, um, but one of the things in there that was uh, a life changing thing to me and it, and it's not like a, it's not like this really, it's kind of just one of those profound things that it, it seems very simple and it's like, Oh, of course. But, um, where when you have an opportunity to, to try something new, it's like a, whenever you have the opportunity, you should take it, mm-hmm. um, which I think is the opposite of. Um, I, I certainly know for myself when I was like first read that, and I was like, um, even like it comes right down even like the food that you're the food that you're trying or like the uh, the things that you're doing, um, the TV shows that you like, the things that you're consuming, um, the music that you don't normally listen to. Uh, the way you drive to work, if you drive the same way every time, you know, maybe try a different time, try a different cereal, you know, because what it ends up doing is, is it just like changes your perspective and it gets you out of these, it gets you out of maybe doing the same thing over and over again and the ruts that that kind of creates. And sometimes it's just like your, it can be just your attitude. Like um, my attitude towards cover songs has always been this one thing. Mm -hmm. And by trying it and by, you know, just changing my perspective on it, like, all of a sudden it opens up all these new opportunities and new possibilities. And um, I, I think that that concept is is interesting. I know that has changed me personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that that's like um, a valuable breakthrough with this song. You yeah. Know, we just never had done it before. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to do a video. To go shoot another one. And we're going to so shoot another one, yeah. We had a studio video and then... Brennan had mentioned, well, we don't, we want this to connect with everybody. We wanted to connect with you guys. And obviously, this is a song most people know. So I think I'm going to go and sit in my Jeep and record it that way. Um, you know, I, I see, like, if you're, if you're seeing a lot of my songs, they are studio produced and all of that. And you can see me standing in the studio with a microphone and, and all of that. But uh, I don't know. I think it would just be special to just kind of. Go out well, because I mean, I feel like that's how your your like your audience has like connected with you so far. Like, yeah. is just like I you in keep... your car, like talking directly to the mic, or you like you know. So I don't think that I think that that's a a great thing because that's how people. And if you want people to connect to your song, so like I yeah, feel like that's well, a, we we sorry, also that was just like kind of a, no, that's a, no, I'm I'm agreeing with you. That's a um. The uh, like the videos that we have done in the studio, to be fair, are real. 
Like mm-hmm. they are real videos. They're live they're, takes. They're live takes. Um, but with that being said, I felt like, you know, if if in the end felt too produced, like it might lose connection, especially with it not being your song. Like I felt like it needed an extra layer. So we're going to try that. We'll see. Maybe yeah. maybe that video won't even no, turn out. It'll, I mean, it'll be <laughs> who knows? great. And I, I think no matter how big all of this music gets and however big my career ends up going, I'm still going to always make cell phone videos in my car. Because <laughs> like that's an element. That's where I started and it works for me. And I don't need huge video productions. Um, to to make an impact and and I want to keep that authentic. I like being raw and real and like having there's no barrier between me and you guys listening. Like I like to remove as many possible barriers as as I can. Um and I and I like that and I always will. And that's always been important to me. Plus, like, I don't know how to edit videos and I don't have fancy cameras and I have no <laughs> intention on investing in them. I would rather Buy another karaoke machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I use a karaoke machine to write a lot of my music, and I've been, people have tried to shame me out of that. Oh, which but, I think is ridiculous. You do you. You do what works best for you. <laughs> So. At first, I thought you were saying it was ridiculous that she used the karaoke. No, no, I think it's ridiculous. No, I think it's ridiculous that people like is, like give you a hard time. It's got for a it. little light on it and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. like a a karaoke machine. I love it. I love it. I think it's well. Great. I would say like you need different um you need different levels of content, right? You need like the super raw stuff, and then you need some stuff that's like a little better, and then maybe some stuff that's like really produced because Don't. all those things do different. Yeah, they reach different. You know. Don't get me wrong. Like I do want to do the big video productions for certain songs. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be crazy. That'll be awesome. You guys listening will know that you helped me be able to do that, and like we did that together. Um, but even when all that's said and done, and like the big videos go big and the big production, you're still gonna find me doing Facebook Live videos on a cell phone. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it, I don't care how far I get in life. That is something I will always do. I will always keep my inbox open. There are certain principles that I have kept since the beginning. I'll never put money into my page. Like I have very strict standards of how I operate. Yeah. Um, so success can come and that's fine, but yeah. it's not gonna change me. <laughs> there, so. This is maybe a tad off topic and we won't get too far, but the there's so much social media stuff right now that I feel like is getting more and more fabricated. And people, yes. you know, gosh, you can tell when something is just not a real thing. Like here's a here's a fake recipe of how to take gummy worms and melt them and do this and that. And you know, it's like things like you would never do. You, yeah. Things you would never do, yeah. but you watch it because it's, it's entertainment. Yeah, like, but, but it's this like life it feels so tricked at the end. It's fleeting. Like right, you're thinking about all right. My last thing I'll say. It's not just social media consumption. The most valuable thing you have in life is your time. So if you're not investing your time in something valuable where you gain connection or insight or are emotionally or spiritually changed and you're wasting your time on all these stupid gummy worm videos or (laughs) watching people, I mean, enjoy what you enjoy. That's fine. But be conscious about where you spend your time. Mm-hmm. And it is said that I think if you spend two hours or less a day on social media, you'll end up spending 11 years of your life at the end of your life on your phone. Oh my gosh. So like you got to be really careful about yeah. what you are allowing to enter into your your mind. Your mind is your, your control 
center. It's your control room for your life. Um, and so I try to be conscious about that. Listen to empowering podcast or insightful podcast. We were talking about that, or I'll yeah. listen to audiobooks, or I'll listen to psychotherapists and I'll learn about neuroscience. And like, I'm particular about what I consume. Um, and I, and I try to be, so I, I just think I'm, I, I want to operate off of my page that I'm offering something that I would be okay with consuming myself, sure. right? Mm. So I want to always make sure there's value when somebody walks away from my social media, like, wow, I gained something from this. I didn't just waste a half hour of my life watching a live video, like something, whether it's the freestyling and even that, seeing the creative process and having your energy lifted. And I'm I'm saying insightful things when I'm singing or rapping and we get to talk in between or it's a really serious live video about addiction and how to change your life or it's a it's a post I put a lot into and I made myself vulnerable I think people can walk away with more value than when they came on my page versus mm. one of these prank yeah pages right yeah the, or, you know the tasty yeah. which is fine I, I like the tasty videos with making food and stuff but realistically you're probably going to never make any of these recipes and yeah. they're they're drawing you in with the way that they're cutting up the video and and the the lights that they're using and the colors and they're trying to keep your attention because people are buying your attention and you just got to be just ask yourself what is going to enrich my life um and gear the way you consume social media in a conscious way. So yeah. yeah. Do you do um do you do the uh timer like that tells you how no. much how much you use? That is like Oh um, man. Man, that's hard. That's that some uh, I got un- one today. It's unsettling. It's unsettling one, when you see how today, much time you've spent I'm not on gonna, your phone in a I'm week. I'm not going to confess how much time I spend on here per day. I don't want to. But know. I got it, I, myself. I know. I'm I but I'm like, like I need uh, to turn this off cuz well, like, I, I <laughs> at the end of the week I'm like, oh god. Mine will be YouTube with the podcast or I I listen yeah. to beats almost nonstop. Like Yeah, see yours <laughs> yeah. might actually be really high cuz if you're in the car and you're listening to a podcast that, that would count as I have to drive like over 4 hours to get here. So right. Right. But yeah, mine was uh I will just say that mine was up a certain amount of hours in 13 minutes <laughs> which was up 5% from last week. So like I can always, it's interesting I can tell mine um, said I was up 5% from last week really? too. I don't yeah. know. You could, could. I'm not used to checking. I won't. I refuse. Don't it. do it. I plead the. F- don't do it. You know yeah, what? I was gonna say, I don't think, do it. <laughs> like it actually does something though, where it's like um. Like I'll, I'll get this thing that's like you're like when when the pandemic happened, and we were you know like our business was shut down and you know well, well now you gotta um, you know find a distraction and we couldn't work on things with people and stuff like that we were like well I, I guess we'll just sit and you know maybe we'll find something on Netflix and and then you know you find a new game on your phone or something and it was up like. To, you know, it oh, was like it was bad. You're, it's up twenty percent, or mm-hmm. like you know, it's up this much, and you're just going, "Oh man, like I have got to do something to get off of here." And then the more that you spend on your phone, then the more time, and the more things that you that you watch that are like fake, you feel like, "Oh man, this is just um, like what am I doing?" You know? Yeah. So I have a disdain for a lot of things, and I try not to be like, "Oh, I'm morally superior," but I am quite judgmental by nature. Um, I, I am not as far as like your life issues or like anybody that reaches out to me, but I think I'm most judgmental about other people who proclaim to care about mm-hmm. certain things mm-hmm. when I know that they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I view life through that lens of like, well, oh, this person is, 
you know, reaching out and, and saying this and that, but I know their character and there's a stark difference and I will judge the way I, I see people put out things uh, about emotions when I can tell right off the bat, this is not genuine, this is fake, you're doing this because you're trying to get something out of people, not because you genuinely care. So yes, in that way, I'm very judgmental. Yeah. I've been praying a lot about it, like, God, remove this judgment from me. Um because Some, it really, it's a, it's a problem with the way I view a lot of things. And I think just doing this for the last few years and meeting a lot of different people who proclaim certain things um, soured mm-hmm. the way I view things. So yeah, it's not yeah. the people themselves. Like I'm trying to protect my people and like uh-huh. the, the people that are going to get roped into these little snares set for them. And like I can see on this end because I'm a quote unquote creator or influencer. Right. Like, so I see right through it now. And I'm like, this is not authentic. Like, stop. Mm. You're going to be preyed upon. These things are going to happen to you if you like fall into this, you know? Yeah. There's a thought there that, um, so uh, we were talking about uh, music critics earlier. We were talking about the the idea of being a music critic, and I and I said it was something that I was delivered from. But like, but but I think that deep down, like there's there my that critic lives in me, and that's where I that's where it motivates me to um to do a certain thing with music, right? So it's like where yeah. your kind of taste comes from. But what I was gonna say was about the judgment. It's like. Uh, knowing that that's the way that you are and that there are those things out there, that's what makes you aware of it. Some of that is actually healthy. You know, some of it is healthy because it's your discernment of like what's where your values and your principles come from versus the wolves, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But then there's also the negative part of it, which is like, you know, like, you know, let people be themselves and, you know, we're all flawed. So we can't, you know, pass judgment on somebody else. But, um, but yeah, some of that, you know, is relatively um, healthy to an extent. Um, sorry, that was a, a little bit of a tangent. But with all this being said, um, we hope that in the end is a genuinely good um, piece of content that people can connect to. Yeah, and they can consume the song. We will have video, maybe videos. We will have a newsletter coming out this week, maybe earlier today. Uh, I don't uh, know. Hopefully, yeah. Not today, but well. Yeah, that's. But anyways, we're gonna have newsletter about it. Um, you can go to chandelinmusic.com and yeah. sign up for the newsletter. You can um, hear the song on Spotify, Apple Music, um, what other YouTube, 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 like all the places. And then if you do see this song, um, like let's say on YouTube or Facebook, Facebook it comes out at uh, one o'clock uh, at Eastern Standard Time on Friday. Um, if you do end up liking it, would you put a comment of support? Because I, I think there are going to be some comments that are like, "Oh, that's not like the original." <laughs> so I like yeah. need you guys if you like it, like if you genuinely like it. If you don't, you have no obligation. But it would be super cool um, to have that feedback and to have more people hear this song. Because ultimately, what's going to happen is if a lot of people hear this song, a lot of them are going to come over to my page and be able to get help. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's yeah. that's the end goal of people who would never have known me, right? They're going to listen to the song because it's by Linkin Park and they really like Linkin Park. And then, oh, they might just happen to be struggling with addiction or, mm-hmm. or depression. And then they mm-hmm. find a support system, not only through me, but mostly through you guys on my page. Um, so that's like the importance of pushing things out. And then selfishly, it would really help me with getting my music heard. Um, and that's important to me because that helps keep me sober. So, 
Yeah. Well, one thing I think um, before we wrap up, I, I just realized though we never did talk about. You know, there is a little bit of a for people um, just from the music side of it. Like mm-hmm. the advantage of doing a po- or a, not a podcast, a, a cover song is that um, is that people will search for this song, and then hopefully they they see yours, and then if they um, if they see your version of this song, then you know hopefully they'll like some of your other songs. So that's kind yeah. of the strategy behind that too. Um, so that does help uh, anything. Like if you. Um, Listen on Spotify, add it to your playlists. Um, yeah, do all the things. Chandelinmusic.com. Yep. And um, mm-hmm. make sure you don't miss the next one and subscribe to this podcast because the next one's going to be crazy. Yes. Love you guys. It starts with one thing. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind. I designed this rhyme to explain in due time. All I know. Time is a valuable thing. Watch it fly by. Watch it count down to the end of the day, the clock tick.